From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is On Second Thought. I'm Virginia Prescott. He is, by his account, world champion. Of what? Well, that depends on when you ask. It may be easier to pin down Judah Friedlander's resume as an actor and comedian in movies like Wet Hot American Summer, American Splendor, Meet the Parents, and The Wrestler. Maybe you'd recognize him and his hats from NBC's 30 Rock, where he played the slumpy and kind of sleazy Frank Rosatano. Surely our massive conglomerate parent company could spring for a samovar of coffee. Yeah, or like a big coffee dispenser. That's what a samovar is. Are there other black nerds, or is it just you and Urkel? Now let me hear you say the seven most important words in the American judicial system. My client has no memory of that. God, it's bad enough having Jenna hang out here. Now she's bringing her friends. How can a dude in a midriff top dominate me like that? Or from America is the greatest country in the United States. His stand-up special streaming on Netflix. Judah Friedlander is now hitting stages across the country with a new show, Judah Friedlander, Future President. And he just swept through Georgia, and we're catching up with him at NPR in New York. Judah, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me here. Well, I'm wondering about how the whole world champion thing, how that squares with this campaign. The world champion persona... You know, I, I I started doing that, I don't know, 20-some years ago. Mm-hmm. And initially, when I was doing that in my stand-up act, that was, you know, I mean, there's tons of jokes involved, but it was ultimately a satire on narcissism. Uh, and I was kind of doing it on an individual level. You know, people's just, uh, you know, the, the bragger, the person that's always bragging and talking about themselves. And then it's sort of, more, you know, it's morphed over the years and, and grown and changed and had layers to it. And then uh, about 10 or so years ago, I started talking about um, outrageous, you know, presidential platforms of mine. And I really turned it into um, a satire on not individualistic narcissism, but the narcissism of America as a nation. Uh, You know, I think no matter what um, political background you come from, or what economic background you come from, through the media and through schools. As Americans, we're taught that America is the greatest country, not just currently, but in the history of civilization. And, you know, I think it's a good thing to be confident, but to be overconfident to the point where you get arrogant, then that blinds you to any possibilities you might have. I would would love to give people a sense of that. This is from your 2018 Netflix special, America is the Greatest Country in the United States. Let's hear a clip. Netherlands, another question. Um, <laughs> when a woman in Netherlands gives birth to a baby, how much time is she given off of work and maybe even paid for that time off of work? One year. Women in Netherlands are given a year paid leave after giving birth to a baby. You know how much time women in America are given off of work after they give birth to a baby? Zero. <laughs> and you know why? It's because our women care about the economy. <laughs> That's why the euro's going down. <laughs> Number one. Well, tell me more about that. You know, so you are able to talk about American exceptionalism in a way that I'm guessing, you know, for bipartisan audiences. Are are you the one uniter that we have here, Judah, being able to talk about this in a way that doesn't set alarm bells off? Well, I guess I am a uniter because I, I tend to make people happy and angry on all sides of the issues. So uh, so maybe I am. <laughs> 
I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, it's very interesting now, and it's it's changed a lot in the past couple years, because I'd say, you know, starting like three, four years ago, most people in this country kind of viewed politics as either a left or a right, you know, Democrats or Republicans. And then in the past couple years, I think many people, even people that don't pay that much attention to politics, uh, have noticed that there's a, a fracturing amongst the within the Democratic Party and even within the Republican Party. So it, it's you know it's interesting how political culture has has become pop culture in the past few years. Mm-hmm. You know, people used to be able to uh, quote every line from uh, some dumb reality show, or they would know every offensive play uh, for some sports team, but they couldn't tell you one thing about uh, human rights or. Uh, different government laws in uh, in our country. And now people, um, they know a lot of that stuff, or certainly more of that stuff. They still might be, uh, you know, misled or arguing in bad faith, but they're certainly paying more attention to it. So it's got a little more interesting in that angle. Well, um, so on this tour, Judah Friedlander, future president, you, you're a mm-hmm. candidate, basically, holding town hall sessions along the trail. You're just in Atlanta and in Athens. Well, it's a... It's it's a mock town hall. Let's let's be honest. It's, okay. This is not a serious town hall. Uh, I'm doing stand up comedy, but you know, instead of just doing a, you know, a monologue like like, you know, probably the majority of stand up comics do, I, you know, I'm someone in my act who's always done um, a lot of one liners, a lot of jokes, and I've always done a lot of crowd work, mm-hmm. and and there's always been heavy persona, um, and. Uh, so what what I do is I sort of run like a mock town hall. You know, most comics don't want the audience ever saying anything to them during the show. I'm the opposite. No, I don't want people yelling stuff out randomly. But, you know, I invite the audience to say, hey, you know, I might have to be president someday. Ask me any questions about my presidential platform. What issues are you concerned about? And then I come up with jokes and do jokes uh, on those issues. What, you know? what and, kind of things do they ask you? Oh, well, you know, a lot of them are the same. And, and you know, when I, when, I, when I create comedy, you know, like health care is a big one. Immigration's a popular question. Abortion's a fairly popular question. Uh, gun control's a pretty popular question. So, you know, the, the way I write also is, is different than the way of probably a majority of the comics write. I write a lot on stage and off stage. Mm-hmm. So in my stand-up movie that's on Netflix, um, you know, I have bits about, I probably have three to five minutes of uh, material on healthcare in there. And in there, um, the, the jokes initially came where I went up on stage with no prepared material on healthcare. I asked the audience a question about my presidential platform. Someone yells out healthcare. I come up with a joke on the spot. That joke gets a laugh. Now, the next time I do a show and somebody asks that, you know, yells out that same question, I'll repeat that joke and then I'll try to add a joke on top of it. Mm-hmm. So, a joke that started out as one joke, um, you know, a bit that started out as one joke in it, now might have, and it was like 20 seconds. Now it might be, after several months, might be five minutes. So, so, so uh, you know, so when I'm on, on tour now and someone yells out healthcare, I have plenty of bits, new bits on healthcare. 
Uh, and I also may come up with additional new bits that I haven't done yet. So it's a, it, it's a process. So, so there are certain subjects where I have lots of jokes prepared, and then there are certain subjects where I do not, you know, and I come up with and I create stuff. My guest is comedian Judah Friedlander. He's currently on tour with his new stand-up show. It's called Judah Friedlander, Future President. Well, okay, so you brought up a couple things there. One, in your comedy work, you often work the crowd. You're, you're talking to the crowd and coming up with something funny on the spot. But you're talking about things like, you know, healthcare, gun control. Obviously, this is a comedic setting, so that's what comes up. But I'm just wondering what role that serves to kind of, I don't know, diffuse the things that people generally get so upset about. How do you turn those into jokes? Well, you know, I, you know, first of all, I'm never someone who's punching down. I'm always someone who is uh, critiquing authority. You know, I like to look at things. I like to, you know, expose governmental hypocrisy. Uh, and all kinds of hypocrisy. And as a comedian, I never like to go for easy laughs. I always like to go to the most difficult, serious, and darkest places and create laughter out of those. So it can serve as um, a relief. You know, I I mean, humor is a way to, to get through. It can be a tool to get through tough times. You know, having a sense of humor about things uh, can be a way to deal with very difficult things. And it can also be a way to maybe see the bigger picture as to why we have certain problems. Um, So, but, you know, in my act, I don't do anything preachy. I don't tell people what to think. But to get my jokes, you have to think. So... Um, well, I'm thinking of, this is a tradition, right? There have been uh, Will Rogers ran for president back in the day uh, with the with the campaign promise that if he were elected, he would resign. Dick Gregory, yeah. uh, Pat Paulson. Dick Gregory, yeah. yeah the and Pat Paulson. Yep, right. They both wrote books, too. Right. Yeah. And Gracie Allen way back in the day. Um, I, I remember the Gracie Allen line. Uh, oh, I didn't even know that. Oh, That's she did. Awesome. So she uh, she was, if people don't know this, she was the female half of the Burns and Allen team with, yeah. with yeah, George Yeah, she Burns. was hilarious. Absolutely wonderful. And, you know, but she she did play the sort of daffy woman, I think, in many ways. But that worked in this case. You know, she was asked as president whether she would recognize Russia. And she said, I don't know. I meet so many people, <laughs> you know, just, just sweet Gracie Allen kind of stuff. But I mean, did you. So is that one of the things that inspired you? I and mean, this has been done, but done in different times for different reasons, I think. Uh, no, I don't think it, that's what inspired me. I just. um you know, when I first started doing, um, well, actually, before I did stand-up comedy, you know, I was really big into political cartoons when I was a kid. And then when I first started doing stand-up when I was 19, I would do political jokes, but they were just sort of topical, superficial political jokes that usually had an expiration date, like like this politician said this, and then you do a little joke. But then about 10 or so years ago, I figured out a way to do political stuff that didn't have an expiration date because I didn't really talk about what this politician said, what that politician said. I talked about human rights, you know, um, you know, LGBTQ issues, uh, you know, environment issues, uh, gender issues, race issues. You know, these are things that unfortunately, as a society... Uh, don't improve that much with our government. Mm. For any kind of human rights, it has to be fought for 
constantly. Well, that's a dim view, isn't it? Yeah, but it's effective, I think, or at least it can be. Well, well then, I help, you know, I can be a pessimist, but I can then sometimes people like get mad at me for that. And I'm like, well, now you're being a pessimist. So maybe I'm pretty optimistic about my pessimism. Okay. There you go. I don't know. Well, let me ask you. Okay, so I confess, like when we when we got on the air, I had no idea if you were going to be your kind of world champion character or not. And and I, are you a persona when you're doing your campaigning slash your mock campaigning? You know, I don't even know if it's a persona. It's just uh, you know when I'm doing my show, it, it's a mix. You know, so, sometimes I might talk a little more like I am right now, and sometimes I might talk more like this overconfident, arrogant, delusional, uh, egomaniac type of a person, you know. Well, that's the saying, right? America gets the president it deserves. Is that is that you, Judah Friedlander, future president? Well, that's one reason I'm a comedian, and uh, I hate to blow the lid off of things here, but, uh, you know, even though I say I'm going to be the next president, or I might have to be the next president of my act, you know, it's... I'm a comedian. I prefer to be uh, an outsider who challenges authority instead of becoming a part of it. Boy, there goes our scoop. <laughs> <laughs> I like to give it to you straight. You know. <laughs> oh, Judith Friedlander, thank you so much for your time. A pleasure speaking with you. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Comedian Judah Friedlander, also author of the books If the Raindrops United and How to Beat Up Anybody. He's currently on tour with his new stand-up routine, Future President. And we will listen to Funky President by James Brown as we head into a quick break. There is more on Second Thought coming up in just a moment. I'm Virginia Prescott. 